0: Hello friends, this is Stephen from Dream Gun, and we have shows on sale in Dublin and London right now. We are home in Dublin this June the 15th to the 17th with updated film reads of The Matrix, Jurassic Park, and Titanic at Smock Alley Theatre. Featuring the award-winning ensemble of Tony Cantwell, Ronan Carey, Stephen Culver, that's me, Finbar Doyle, Hannah Mamelis, Aaron McGathy, and Edwin Salmon. Uh, the show is at Smock Alley Theatre, and tickets are on sale right now. Head to dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Meanwhile in London we are now performing every month at 21 Soho with a different film read every month and different guests joining us on the stage. This month's London film is Batman Begins but if you're in the future it's probably a different film and you can find out which one at dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Hi, I'm James. I'm Gavin. And I'm Stephen. And we are Dream Gun. And you are listening to a classic episode of Dream Gun Film Reads. Where we take our favorite movies and then totally rewrite them and put
1: a bunch of jokes and nonsense in them. And then the show is performed by actors and comedians who haven't read the script, so
0: everything you hear is completely unrehearsed. If you enjoy Film Reads, please subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't know what to say in your review, just use it to tell us what film you'd like us to read next. Because
1: we're running out of ideas. (laughs) If you'd like to support the show, there's two ways to do it. You can subscribe to Film Reads on Patreon. Patreon subscribers get early access to episodes, bonus uncut
0: recordings, and tickets to the live show. Or you can see us in person. If you'd like to see Film Reads live, you can check out DreamGun.ie for tickets to all of our upcoming shows. Or follow us, we are at DreamGun and Sons on all the socials. We perform regularly in Dublin and London and at festivals all around the world.
2: Please enjoy DreamGun Film Reads. DreamGun! The silence. Oh, is it on? Hello? Here we go. <laughs> the Silence of the Lambs by Jonathan Demme, based on the novel The Shushy Sheep by Thomas Harris. <laughs> it's always autumn in Virginia in the early 90s, outside Quantico's FBI Academy. We see a student jog and climb a rope and jump over some tires. This is Clarice Starling. A 90s FBI agent type like Mulder from the X-Files, but a woman. (laughs) She looks like Julianne Moore if you weren't really paying attention. (laughs) A messenger jogs up beside her. He must have had to do the whole obstacle course as well just to get to her, but slightly faster. Starling, Crawford wants to see you in his office. Thank
3: you, sir. The
2: Quantico office is a swamp of masculinity toxins. She pushes her way past a herd of bullish FBI jocks who mill around opening bud lights with their badges (laughs) and wearing t-shirts that say FBI, but with an asterisk above it and then below it, it says female body inspector. (laughs) They munch on pretzels and say, it's Robert Mueller time. She gets into an elevator filled with big, burly polo shirt men who tower over. It's like the opposite of a scene in Lost in Translation with Bill Murray and the Asians. <laughs> Jack Crawford's office is empty, even though he invited her in there. <laughs> She scans his big board of evidence behind his desk where he's written Who is the killer and follow the money in big red marker on newspaper clippings and he's arranged thumbtacks into pentagram shapes on
0: maps. Clarice, good morning. Morning, Mr. Crawford. Sorry to pull you off the course at, at such short notice. I know how much you wanted to do the trampoline bit at the end. <laughs> and then there's the cool bit where you break through the big sheet of paper with, with, with FBI written on it. <laughs> Your instructors tell me you're doing well. Top quarter of your class. Well, not anymore. It uh, it says here you didn't finish the obstacle course.
3: But you just pulled me off of the obstacle course.
0: Yeah, a job's come up and I thought about you. Uh, Not a job, really. Uh, More of an interesting errand. In in that we're not paying you. (laughs) I remember you from my seminar at UVA. You grilled me pretty hard on the Bureau's civil rights record in the Hoover years. You asked me what the J in J. Edgar Hoover stood for. Really put me on the spot.
3: (laughs) I gave you an A.
0: A what, sir? A minus. Double major, psych and criminology. Graduated magma cum lava. Your volcano dioram was very impressive. Really, uh, really wowed the judges.
3: It was just vinegar and baking
0: powder, sir. You waste corpse finding and bone collecting. Very good. Top of your class in memo writing. You're a real whiz at confession forcing. A plus in both water and snowboarding. Yeah. Uh, Poor night vision, a best in show, and voted most likely to survive. It says when you graduate, you want to work for me in behavioral science or be a marine biologist. Yes, very much, sir. Those orcas are princes of the waves, sir. (laughs) We're interviewing all serial killers now in custody for a psycho-behavioral profile, like a big homicide handbook.
3: You mean like some sort of murder manual?
0: Well, let's not be coy, darling. It's just a pokedex for dickheads. <laughs> Could be a real help in unsolved cases. Uh, most of them seem to be happy to talk to us. Ted Bundy just wanted to shoot the breeze. God, he's such a nice guy. Uh, do you spook easily, darling? Not yet, sir. Hmm. See this, see the one we want. Bah! <laughs> that spooked you a little, didn't it, darling? Maybe a little, sir. Well, you'll get there. So the guy we want, he refuses to cooperate. I want you to go after him again today in the asylum and ask him if he's really sure. And if he is, then just drop it and go home and take the rest of the day off.
3: Who's the subject?
0: The psychiatrist, Hannibal Lecter.
3: Hannibal the cannibal.
0: Look, just because it rhymes doesn't mean it's true. Like, you could call call me Jack the Sack and it wouldn't mean I was a sack of some sort. Like, Like, what I'm trying to say is, kids can be cruel. I don't expect you to talk to him. But I have to be able to say that we tried. We have to show we are actively seeking criminals or else the FBI can't collect its dole. <laughs> I want you straight reporting. How does he look? How does his cell look? How many Rita Hayworth posters does he have in there? Is he sketching? Drawing? If he is, what's he sketching? Is it Rita Hayworth? <laughs> Here's a dossier elector, a copy of our questionnaire, a special ID for you, a taser that's also a pen. Have a memo. On, have your memo on my desk by o eight hundred Wednesday.
3: Okay, I got it. Eight hundred o'clock.
0: <laughs> Clarice quickly covers her watch as it only goes
2: up to twelve.
3: <laughs> why me, sir? I'm just a trainee, doing my major in jogging and rope climbing. Why send me? And why the urgency? Lecter's been in prison for so many years. Is—is is there some connection between him and Buffalo Bill,
0: maybe? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I don't know what you're talking about, you crazy starling. get get out of here with that. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe you should be put away, and we should just go release everyone else. <laughs> but, uh, oh. Yes, sir. Oh. Be careful with Hannibal Lecter. Dr. Chilton at the asylum will go over all the physical procedures used with them. Do not deviate from them for any reason whatsoever. And you're to tell him nothing personal. Bad example, but if you told him your favorite color, you'd come home and your house would be painted the opposite of that color. (laughs) Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. He's he's very large. He's like a full-grown man. (laughs) Just do your job, but never forget what he is. And what is that? Oh, he's a monster. We're now at the Baltimore State
2: Hospital. It's like Arkham Asylum, but instead of colourful characters like the Joker and the Penguin, it's got real characters like the child molester. (laughs) Dr. Chilton, a slippery slime man made of
4: eels,
2: (laughs) has just answered the question Clarice asked hours ago and miles away. He eats
5: people. Uh, uh, not just in a plane crash in the Andes like a normal person.
4: <laughs> a pure
5: psychopath. He's mad like Mickelson. Like Frazier, but crazier.
4: <laughs> so
5: rare to capture one alive, and so fresh.
4: <laughs>
5: From a research point of view, Lecter is our most prized asset, our most treasured murder man. Our goose that ate the golden fleece. We get a lot of detectives here, but I kind of remember one as attractive. And I look at all of them. (laughs) Will you be in Baltimore overnight? Because this can be quite a fun town if you have the right guy. They say the food market is a real hidden gem. I know a little tucked away bakery that's very quaint.
3: (laughs) I'm sure this is a great town. Bowling. (laughs) (laughs) Look, my instructions are to talk to Dr. Lecter and report back this afternoon.
5: I I I see. Well, let's make this quick then i tried to study him, of course, but he's he's much too sophisticated for the standard tests. He draws the Vitruvian man all over our questionnaires and writes witty restaurant reviews in the
4: margins. (laughs) Oh
5: my, does he hate us. He thinks I'm his nemesis. Crawford's very clever, isn't he, using you?
3: What do you mean, sir?
5: A pretty young woman to turn him on. I don't believe Lecter's seen a woman in eight years, since Pretty in Pink. (laughs) And are you ever his taste, (laughs) so to speak?
3: I graduated from UVA, doctor. It's not a charm school. Not some sort of school for witchcraft and wizardry. It's a regular school for muggle girls. Good.
5: Then you should be able to remember the rules. One, no freeing. Two, no witchcraft. Three, don't tell him he's in prison. Four, don't describe any scenes from the Shawshank Redemption. Five, don't boop his nose. Six, definitely do not give him your gun with your home address written on it. Seven, no no, no pencils or pens. He'll only submit more short stories to the New Yorker. They're, they're, they're not very good, but none of us have the heart to tell him. And absolutely no staples or paper paperclips. They're, they're made of metal. He'll float them around with his mind. And if he attempts to pass you anything, do not accept it. Do you understand me?
3: What if he wants to play past the parcel?
5: I'm gonna show you why we insist on such precautions. On the afternoon of July 8th, 1981, he complained of chest pains. When
2: the nurse leaned over him, he did this to her. He shows her a photo. She looks horrified, but we can't see it, so we'll just have to take her face's word for it.
5: (laughs) Doctors managed to reset her jaw, more or less, and they accidentally swapped her two eyes, but
2: you wouldn't notice, so... Just don't tell her. She walks past a gauntlet of cells. It's an aquarium of criminals who have either rhyming or alliterative names, like Evil Knievel or Dennis the Menace. In the second last cell is Multiple Migs, who seems to be some sort of masturbating Gollum, or... A a semen-smeagol. Multiple Migs mutters as Clarice walks by. I can smell your huh?
3: I'm sorry, wh- wh- what did you say? I can smell your huh? Sorry, I-, I just can't. Can you just come a little closer, maybe? I can smell.
6: You're kind <laughs>
3: I'm sorry, I don't know if it's the air pressure. I-, I
6: can smell your
4: cunts. Applause. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: In the very last cell, Hannibal Lecter stands as if waiting for her. Good morning.
3: Dr. Lecter, my name is Clary Starling. May I please speak with you?
2: Dr. Hannibal Lecter, a refined intellectual, the kind who cooks meals with only supplemental use of a microwave, and who looks at old paintings of landscapes and says, ah, like he's figured something out about it. He's nothing like the lunkers she met at the academy. The kind of man who knows the Latin terms for things and has no idea what a Raichu is or or how tall Lady Gaga is. He's never drunkenly sullied his Netflix suggestions by watching Shrek 2 or America's coolest spliff. The bed and table of his cell are bolted to the floor so that he can't hang himself with them. You're one of
1: Jack, Jack Crawford's, aren't you?
3: He owns me, yes. <laughs>
1: May I see our credentials? She holds out her FBID. <laughs> Closer, please. Closer. Very impressive. I appreciate all the personal information you've just shown me. Damn it. <laughs> However, that expires in one week. You're not real FBI, are you? Tell me, Miss Starling, does the F stand for fake? Is it (laughs) fake-BI?
3: I'm still in training at the academy.
1: Jack Crawford sent a trainee to me.
3: Yes. I'm a student, I'm here to learn from you. Maybe you can decide whether or not I'm qualified enough to do that.
1: That is rather slippery of you, Agent Starling. Sit, please. Now then, tell me, what did Miggs say to you? Multiple Miggs in the cell next door. He hissed at you. What did he say?
3: He said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? what did he say, Clarice?
4: Hang on.
3: <laughs> I can smell your. <laughs> I see
1: can't, oh. <laughs> I regret asking. <laughs> you sometimes use Evian skin cream, but not today. I can smell your hairspray. You use Boots hairspray
4: <laughs> from Boots. <laughs> use the coupon.
1: You're also wearing perfume. A very nice perfume, yes.
3: Did you do all these drawings, Doctor?
1: That is the Duomo, seen from the Belvedere. Do you know Florence? He is cultured and knows what buildings are.
3: All that detail just from memory, sir?
2: Memory, Agent Starling, is what I have instead of you. The picture is far too many windows and the stairs are way off.
3: Well, um, perhaps you'd care to lend us your view on this questionnaire? Sir, uh, number one, on a scale from one to ten, how likely are you to recommend the FBI to a friend? (laughs) Number two, if I showed you an inkblot that looked like a butterfly, would you say that it looked like your mother?
1: no. No, 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 no. You were doing fine. You've been courteous and receptive to courtesy. You'd established trust with the embarrassing truth about Migs. That made us all very uncomfortable. <coughs> and now this ham-handed Segway into your questionnaire.
2: It won't do. The ham-handed Segway was probably some archaic transport technology that has been lost to time.
4: <laughs>
2: like the Flintstones car. <laughs> Jack Crawford must be very
1: busy, indeed, if he's recruiting help from the student body and the student head and
4: legs. (laughs)
1: Busy hunting that new one, Buffalo Bill. What a naughty boy he is. Do you know why he's called Buffalo Bill? Please, tell me. The newspapers won't tell me. I keep asking them.
3: It started as a bad joke in Kansas City Homicide. They said, Hey, maybe he's not a guy at all. Maybe he's a big buffalo that stands on his hind legs and wears a suit. (laughs) They're pretty sure it's a guy,
1: though. Why do you think he removes their skins, Agent Starling? Starling, thrill me with your acumen.
3: Because he's gross. He's a gross weirdo who likes weird things. Most serial killers keep some sort of trophies from their victims. I didn't. No. No, you ate yours.
1: I didn't hate them, Agent Starling. They were delicious. (laughs) You think you can dissect me with these silly little questions? You're so ambitious, aren't you? Do you know what you look like? You look like a, with your good bag and cheap shoes, you look like a robe. Good nutrition's giving you length of bone, but you're not more more than one generation away from poor white trash, aren't you? Tell me, was your mother a plastic bag with garbage in it? (laughs) What was your father, dear? Is he a coal miner? Does he stink of the lamp? So we all know what lamps smell like. Did he reek of the bulb, that famous tungsten stang? (laughs) How quickly the boys found you, all those tedious sticky fumblings in the back seats of cars trying to open (laughs) soleros. While you could only dream of getting out, climbing out the sunroof all the way to the FBI.
3: See a lot, doctor. But are you strong enough to point that high-powered perception at yourself? What about it? You smell like Perspex dividing walls and and Boots, Boots hairspray. No, that's me. Why don't you just look at yourself and write down what you see? Or maybe you're afraid to.
1: A census taker once tried to test me. I told him my religion was Jedi, really messed with the stats. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti.
2: (laughs) Sorry, it's very cold. According to Wikipedia, Chianti is a type of wine and fava beans is a type of beans.
1: You fly back to school now, little starling. Fly, 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 like an eagle to the sea. Let my spirit carry me.
2: Just to be contrary, she chooses to walk. As she passes the next cell, Meeks throws ejaculate into her eyes, like Spider-Man.
6: Did anyone call for a web-slinger?
4: <laughs>
1: Age Soling, Starling, Age Starling, come back. Age of Starling, I would not have had that happen to you. Discurtesy is unspeakably ugly to me. That includes but is not exclusive to ejaculating at people. <laughs>
3: Then do this test. No, but
1: I'll give you the chance for what you love most.
3: Scotch eggs?
1: No. Advancement, of course. Listen carefully. Look deep within yourself, Clary Starling. Go seek out Miss Moffat, an old patient of mine. Moffat, M-O-F-E-T. I don't think Miggs could manage again so soon, even though he is crazy, which, as
2: we all know, gives you extra jizz powers.
1: Go
4: now! <laughs> she runs
2: and runs, then realises it wasn't as urgent as he made it seem, and begins to stroll. <laughs> She leaves the asylum, her face wet with tears and other stuff. (laughs) We see a training montage of non-sexy FBI role plays. Clarice bursts into a fake hostage situation and rescues fake hostages, disarming mustachioed FBI agents pretending to be criminals.
6: I'm a bad man. I'm from a a low-income housing and I look aggressive.
3: That's good enough. You're arrested. Bang!
2: Later, she jogs with her best friend, Ardelia, a real best friend type. She's a good listener listener with no distinct traits or last name. Ardelia quizzes her on the big book of FBI rules.
3: 3109. Breaking doors or windows to enter or exit. 7321. Dressing like a monkey, or a bellhop, or dressing a bellhop like a monkey. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Four, three, eight. A man with a big knife on a swing. I mean, seesaw. Sorry, I'm tired.
0: (laughs) Clarice, phone. It's the guru. She picks up the phone. Starling, Miggs is dead.
3: Dead? How?
0: They heard Lecter whispering and humming Smith's lyrics to him all afternoon. (laughs) He swallowed his own tongue, and as we all know, tongues are poisonous. (laughs) Starling?
3: Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, Sir, I just... I just don't know how to feel about this. Probably not happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely something else.
0: Well, you didn't know him like we did, Starling. Multiple Migs was a great philanthropist, named after the multiple charitable organizations he set up. He was a caring father and a loving husband of five. Lecter did it to amuse himself. Look, I know it got ugly today with the philanthropist ejac- ejaculating at you and then dying. But you mentioned a name, Moffat. Any follow-up on her?
3: Well, uh, Lecter altered or destroyed most of his patients' histories, changed them to various clever word plays and clues. This patient's home address is a Sudoku, and this patient's age is written as a fraction. So there's no record of anyone named Moffat. But I thought... The Yourself reference was too hokey for Lecter, so I figured he's from Baltimore, and I looked in the phone book, and there's a Yourself storage facility base right there.
0: Maybe he said Your Shelf. Did you check there? Yes, sir. And?
3: Just my thing, sir.
0: Oh, he's good. (laughs)
2: Later, at the Yourself storage facility, she is shown a locker by the owner who looks like some sort of fun, strange, wealthy magician for some reason. (laughs)
5: 1931 was leased for 10 years, prepaid in full. The contract is in the name of a Miss Hester Moffat. I was going to let those Storage Wars fellas bid for it, but, uh, which usually wouldn't interest me, but then they'd, they'd point out that this old box of action men is one of only four in the world and worth $10,000, and I'd turn to my wife and I'd say, wow, that's kind of interesting, I didn't know that. <laughs>
3: So, nobody's been here since 1980? Yes,
5: but do be careful. It's probably full of coiled slinkies and posters for teen movies with dubious morals. (laughs) Privacy is a great concern to my customers. So so is this Gordhead?
3: Yes, I I won't disturb anything, I promise. I'll be out of here before you know it.
2: She tries to open the storage door, but it's stuck.
3: It's stuck? (laughs) We could return tomorrow with my son. What about your driver?
5: He's also a man, the best species. I would, a, I would ask him to help you, but he detests physical labor. I, I've only ever seen him from the waist up come to think of it. He could be a marionette.
2: She Indiana Joneses her way under the door, but without the hat.
3: Hand me that flashlight, sir. If this door should fall down or anything else, this is the number for the Baltimore field office. Call them if anything should happen.
5: Yes, Mr. Stalegall. Oh, hold on, this business card
2: expires in two days.
4: <laughs>
2: she, she slides into the spooky spook box and passes her flashlight over hundreds of haunted odds and bobs. There's a big old piano and a dusty stuffed owl and an American flag covering a very long car, like the Ghostbusters-mobile designed by Michael Bay. Or a hearse at a Springsteen concert. Inside is a head in a jar, and not a talky one like Zordon, a dead one. She rushes back to confront Lecter at his cell.
3: Hester Moffat, it's a banana isn't it, Doctor? <laughs> Hester Moffat, th- the rest of me. miss the rest of me, meaning that you rented the, that garage. Doctor Lecter, whose who's head is in that bottle?
1: Why don't you ask me about Buffalo Bell? I mean, I bet he puts plenty of heads in jars. Why am I always the first port to call anytime someone finds a head in a jar? I mean, what makes me the jar guy?
3: Do you know something about him?
1: I might if I saw the case file. You could do that for me. And then I promise I will tell you everything I read in the case file. <laughs> I might find something you missed. You know, I'm very good at reading.
3: Why don't we talk about Miss Moffat? You wanted me to find him.
1: His real name is Benjamin Raspail, a former patient man whose romantic attachments ran to, shall we say, the exotic, sex in the Bahamas. I did not kill him, I assure you, merely tucked him away very much as I found him after he missed three appointments. Maybe as a mental health professional, I should have checked after he missed the first one, but I had a lot going on that week.
3: If you didn't kill him, then who did, sir?
1: Who can say? Me, but I won't. <laughs> Best thing for him, really, his therapy was going nowhere. I hadn't tried any medication, though. I'm now realizing how bad I was at my job. (laughs) And that's not even taking into account the eating people.
3: His dress, his makeup. Raspail was a transvestite.
1: Oh, boy. Here, okay, we're on this now. (laughs) Okay, can of worms. In life, no, no. He was a garden-variety manic-depressive. I have a garden full of them. Very tedious, very tedious. I now just think of him as a kind of experiment. You know, a fledgling killer's first efforts at transformation. How did you feel when you saw him, Clarice?
3: Scared at first, and then... exhilarated.
1: Jack Crawford is helping your career. Apparently he likes you, and you like him, too.
3: I never thought about it.
1: Do you think Jack Crawford wants you sexually? True, he is much older, but do you think he visualizes complex scenarios, exchanges, fucking you? Maybe you come in delivering a pizza, but he doesn't have any money, and then you say, Now, how are we going to pay for this pizza? <laughs> and then the bass comes in, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that doesn't interest me. I'm bored. <laughs> and frankly, it's, it's sort of. Sort of thing that Miggs would say.
1: Not anymore,
3: <laughs> What happened to your drawings?
1: Punishments, you see, for, for Miggs. They also took away my collection of the Far Side Gallery. <laughs> there were cows doing something the cows shouldn't usually do, Agent Star. <laughs> Dr. Chilton does enjoy his petty torments. I've been in this room for eight years now, Clarice. I know they will never let me out while I'm still alive but when I'm dead, they'll just let me go roll down the hill. (laughs) What I want is a view. I want a window where I can see a tree or even water that I can club or drown someone in. (laughs) I want to be in a federal institution far away from Dr. Chilton or preferably just let loose in a populated area. (laughs) I'm offering you a psychological profile on Buffalo Bill based on the case evidence. I'll help you catch him, Clarice.
3: You know who he is, don't you? Tell me who decapitated your patient, Doctor.
1: Maybe he just drowned in that jar, you know? Maybe he never had (laughs) one. All good things come to those who wait. I've waited, Clarice, but how long and you and old Jackie boy can wait? Our little Billy must be already searching for the next
2: special lady to kill for murder. (laughs) Suddenly we see Catherine Martin, an all-American gal driving down the road. She's as American as carving gigantic faces into
4: mountains.
2: (laughs) The kind of girl who'd wear a baseball cap with a picture of apple pie that says, Summer Dreamin' on it, but couldn't explain why. (laughs) She's dressed like a woman dressed in a skin suit of a woman. (laughs) She (laughs) sings along to the radio.
7: And if she had to die, trying she. She'd one little promise she was gonna keep. Oh, yeah. All right. Make a skin suit, baby. Make it last all night. She was an American girl in a well.
4: Yeah.
2: As she parks her car, she's watched by an unknown peeper through night vision goggles, usually used by the military to see what people would look like as a goblin. (laughs) On her way to her apartment, she notices a man with a broken arm trying pathetically to lift a a couch into a van. Following her natural instincts, she goes over to sign his cast.
7: (laughs) Can I help you with that? Thank you you look kinda handicapped. Uh,
8: yeah, I, I, got, I got in this far, just can't get it up in the truck by myself.
7: Oh, uh, y- is this good?
8: Yeah, that's great. Now You just get a bit further back into the dark recesses of the truck.
7: All right, um, like like this?
8: Yeah, uh, uh, a bit further. You know what would really help? If you could just maybe lie down in that bag there and pass out. <laughs> That would really help with this whole couch thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, are you about a size
2: fourteen? Sorry. Bill begins to hit Catherine repeatedly. <laughs> probably, probably because of that handicap remark.
4: <laughs> <clears throat>
2: Later in Bill's basement, she wakes up at the bottom of a well that has a her in it <laughs> instead of
4: water. <laughs>
7: Why won't you answer me? Why do you have a well in a house? (laughs) Do you still need help with the couch?
4: (laughs)
2: Meanwhile, Clarice is back at school in bag punching class, punching a big bag. (laughs) Crawford approaches her.
0: They found a girl's body down in West Virginia. Been in the water a week. It's a Buffalo Bill situation. There's hoof prints all over the place.
2: (laughs) Later, on a tiny plane, Crawford runs through the
0: details. He keeps him alive for three days. We don't know why. If I were him, I'd just kill him immediately. It'd be a real rush! Okay, so he keeps him for three days, then he shoots him, he skins him, he dumps them, and then he kills them. Each body in a different river. We're closing in at him, because soon he's going to run out of rivers. The water leaves us no trace evidence of any kind, except mermaid fingerprints. There's, Fred- there's Frederica Bimmel, the first one. Her body was her body was the first one. Her body was the only one he took the trouble to weigh, d- to weigh down. So actually, she was the third girl found. You probably should hold on to all that information there for later. Just keep that one in your back pocket. Yeah. He
2: hands Clarice the case file.
0: Look at him, darling. Tell me what you see.
3: He's a white male because you know. <laughs> A drifter, he, he's got his own house somewhere, not an apartment. This guy hates apartments. Probably kills girls that remind him of apartments. He's in his 30s or 40s or 20s or 50s. He's got real physical strength, combined with an older man's self-control and a young man's lack of self-control. The ultimate combination. He'll never stop unless we stop him or he chooses to stop.
0: Not bad, Starling. Questions?
3: That's why you sent me in there, isn't it? To get his help on Buffalo Bell, sir. Well, if if that was the case, then I I wish I was just in on it, that's all.
0: If I'd sent you in there with an actual agenda, Lecter would have known it instantly. He would have toyed with you, and then he would have turned to stone.
3: Wait, he has powers? (laughs) Later,
0: Crawford and Clarice
2: meet the local police at a funeral home. There are far too many men, and they look at Clarice as if to
0: say, a girl? Now listen Clarice, I'm, I'm going to say a lot of things now to these guys. It's going to sound very sexist, but understand, I don't mean them. I'm just speaking their language. What up my Josh Brolin's? Weinstein was right. Bra straps. I just don't get them. Entourage. Uh, this kind of sex crime has certain aspects that I'd just as soon discuss in private, if you know what I mean. Crawford gestures towards Clarice sexistly. <laughs>
4: He
2: and the sheriff go into another room to discuss the mutilated remains of the woman. You know, man stuff. (laughs) As the boys are being boys, sack-tapping each other and giving out about the ref, (laughs) Clarice stands absently watching cars drive by.
0: Uh, Starling, we're decent, you can come in now.
2: Clarice enters the mortuary. It's crowded with loads of burly, rowdy police boys. Like, way too packed, like they couldn't possibly get any work done.
3: Excuse me, excuse me, gentlemen. Listen here now, I know that y'all brought her this far and her folks would thank you if they could for, their, for your kindness and your sensitivity, but, but please go on now. These things we need to do to her, like cut her open and, and discuss her dismise dispassionately, we need to do those in a safe space. So go on, thank you. Thank you.
0: The cops trundle fuck out of the room. All right, All right, doctor, let's take a look at her.
2: They pull off the cloth off the body as if revealing something fun. They recoil in horror at the woman's mutilated remains.
0: What do you see, Starling?
3: Well, she's not a local. Her ears are pierced three times and there's glitter nail polish. That looks like town to me. Country people don't wear makeup. Probably. (laughs) Two of her fingernails are broken off and there's dirt and grit under them. I think it's dirt. Oh, no, wait, no, it's definitely grit. (laughs) I tell you, this is definitely not a soot or fluff situation.
0: Clarice, get pictures of her teeth. I I want a good sense of her chompers. We'll fax them to missing persons.
3: She's got something in her throat. Doctor?
0: Well, when a body comes out of the water, lots of times there's leaves in the mouth, you know? Some people like to eat leaves. Who are we to judge? (laughs) They reach into her throat and pull out the obstruction. What is it, some kind of seed pod? Maybe some maj too <laughs> No sir, that's a bug cocoon. There's no
6: way that could get way down there.
3: Not unless somebody shoved it in there, or someone! <laughs> 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 the victim's skin was removed, this time in two large diamond-shaped sections above the buttocks.
2: Creeped out, Clarice and Crawford immediately drive back to FBI town.
0: Starling, when I told that sheriff that we shouldn't talk in front of a woman, that really burned you, didn't it? It was just smoke, Starling. You can't get burned by smoke.
3: It matters, Mr. Crawford. Cops look at you to see how to act. It matters. You're a big role model for these guys. Remember that summer you started wearing those Livestrong bands?
0: (laughs) Point
2: taken, yes. Back at Quantico, Clarice and her pal Ardelia watch a news report. I'm Tim Langhorn, and welcome to
6: Television News. Tonight on television, the news by me, your host, TV's Tim Langhorn. <laughs> Our top story for this morning, Catherine Martin, the 25-year-old daughter of Senator Ruth Martin, listed first as a missing person, is now believed to have been kidnapped by the serial killer Buffalonius William, also known as <laughs> Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Reached for comment on his skiing holiday in Vermont, the president said, and I quote, this is a slippery slope. (laughs) Just moments ago, Senator Martin taped this dramatic personal plea. Remember it's not live, so don't try and talk to her or hand her anything.
7: I'm speaking now to the person who was holding my daughter and, and probably many, many other people. I know you can feel love and compassion. You're big enough to treat Catherine better than this world has treated you. You have that power. Please, my daughter is Catherine. She looks like this.
6: (laughs) I'd like to take this time to remind viewers this isn't live.
3: Boy, that's smart. Jesus, that's really smart. She keeps repeating the name. Like, to bring her back, like, like, Beetlejuice, which at this stage came out three years ago, so still real fresh in everyone's minds. If he sees Catherine as a person and not just an object, it's harder to tear her up. Oh yeah, that, that's obviously it. Yeah.
2: Back at the asylum, Clarice once again walks down the spookiest corridor in the world to Hannibal.
3: <laughs> if your profile helps us catch Buffalo Bill and Tom to save Catherine Martin, the Senator promises you a transfer to the VA hospital at Oneida Park. Best of all, one week a year, you get to leave the hospital and go here. Plum Island, the happiest place on earth. <laughs> Every day that week, you may walk on the beach, you may swim in the ocean for up to an hour under SWAT team surveillance, of course, and while chained to a ball. <laughs> this offer is non-negotiable and final. Catherine Martin dies, you get nothing.
1: Plum Island Animal Disease Research Center. Sounds charming.
3: It's only part of the island. And you can't get animal disease. You're a person. <laughs> it's a very nice beach. Turns nest there.
1: Turns? If I help you, Clarice, it'll be turns with us too. See what I did there? I really turned it around in you. Oh, I did it again. I didn't mean to do it that time. I tell you things and you tell me things. Not about this case, though, no, about yourself. Quid pro quo. Yes or no. Yes or no, Clarice. I give you answers, you give me a GoPro.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Poor little Catherine is waiting. What is the worst memory of your childhood?
3: The death of my father.
1: Tell me about it and don't lie or I'll know. I'll probably smell it or something.
3: He was a town marshal. One night he surprised two burglars coming out of the back of a drugstore. It's the same old story. It was their birthday. He was hiding a cake. (laughs) He popped out. They shot him.
1: Was he killed
3: outright? No. He was very strong. Unlike all those weaklings who get shot and that's it. (laughs) They're just dead. He lasted more than a month. My father had become the whole world to me. And when he left me, I had nothing. And then I inherited an entire police force. <laughs> I was 10 years old.
1: You're very frank, Clarice. I think it would be quite something to know you in private life, to slide into your DMs.
3: Quid pro pro, Pope. Pope. <laughs> <Could, could>. Latin. <laughs>
4: So
1: tell me about Miss West Virginia.
4: Was she a
3: large girl? Yes.
1: Big through the hips, roomy? I said yes. What else?
3: She had an object deliberately inserted in her throat. Now that hasn't been made public yet. We don't know what it means.
1: Was it a butterfly?
3: Yes, a moth. So no. Just like the one that we found in Benjamin Raspail's head an hour ago. Why does he place them there, Doctor?
1: The significance of the moth has changed. Caterpillar into Chrysalis or pupa, Caterpie into Metapod, and from thence into Beauty. Our Billy wants a change, too. He's jealous of these cool bugs. The human life cycle is much less interesting. Apes, then humans, then... mark. <laughs>
3: There's no correlation in literature between transsexualism and violence. Transsexuals are very passive. Every single one of them.
1: After your father's murder, you were orphaned. What happened next? I'm invested now. I want to binge watch your whole backstory.
3: I lived with my Jodie Foster parents in Montana. (laughs) They had a ranch. Was it a cattle ranch? Sheeps and horses. Ducks and dogs, pigs and pugs, etc. I ran away.
1: Why, Clarice? Did the rancher make you perform fellatio? Did he sodomize you? Did he make you play a prostitute and taxi driver when you were far too young and didn't really know what was
4: happening?
3: No. He was a very decent man. Quid cro <laughs> Quipropo, doctor. <laughs>
1: Billy is not a transsexual, so this is all okay. But he thinks he is. There are three centers for transsexual surger- surgery. I wouldn't be surprised if Billy had applied for sex reassignment at all three of them and been rejected. Silly Billy.
3: <laughs> On what basis would they reject him?
1: Look for severe childhood disturbance associated with violence. Our Billy wasn't born a crin- criminal, Clarice, because that's not how crime works. <laughs> Billy hates his own identity, you see, and he thinks that makes him a transsexual, but his pathology is a thousand times more savage and more terrifying.
3: Isn't that implying that transsexuals have a savage and terrifying pathology?
1: Look, bear in mind, I was disbarred for eating my patients, so just take what I'm saying, with a bit of
2: a pinch of salt, like I did with my patients. On the other side of the wall, Chilton secretly listens in holding his big hand up to his ear like the Grinch. (laughs) Back in Bill's Buffalo basement, it's full of serial killer stuff. Mannequins, cutouts from celebrity magazines, a statue of the Virgin Mary with a dog collar, a Catherine in a well. (laughs) Bill drops her down some E45.
8: Uh, it rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. It moisturizes, it puts on a cucumber face mask, <laughs> follows a strict detox regimen I've laid out, then a face peel, then a neck peel, and so
0: on.
7: Hey, mister, my family will pay cash. Whatever ransom you're asking for, they'll pay it. You know, five, six, seven, anything. Probably not
4: eight. <laughs> <laughs> I
8: rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yes, it will, Precious. It will get the horse. In his hands,
2: he cradles his dog. Precious. Based on the novel pushed by Sapphire. Bark, bark. I'm
6: Precious the dog. Bork, bork, bark. This is demeaning. <laughs>
7: Okay, mister, if you let me go, I won't press charges, I, I promise. This wouldn't be the first time I got, you know, greased up with lotion and fell down a well. I, I
4: see,
7: My mom is a really important woman. Uh, I guess you already know that. She's a senator and everyone knows who their legal representative is.
8: No, places the lotion in the basket.
7: I want to see my mommy, but please, I want to I see my mommy. I, I just need to tell her something. <laughs>
8: No, no. You'll just tell her about me and where you are. <laughs> no. no this,
4: this is something totally separate.
7: Totally so separate.
2: Meanwhile, Doctor Chilton is messing up Lecter's cell. Really, just getting up in his grill, all up in his personal space. But Hannibal is zoned out. He's staring intensely at Doctor Chilton's pen on the table. Because it's a really nice (laughs) pen. You still think you're going to walk on some beach and see the birdies?
5: Go kite surfing and buy an overpriced lukewarm Sprite from one of those beach vendors? I don't think so. (laughs) I call it Senator Ruth Martin. She never heard of any deal with you. She was like, Hannibal the cannibal. That's dumb. That sounds made up. (laughs) There never was a deal with Senator Barton, but there is now. I designed it. The Chilton deal. Of course, I worked in a few conditions for my own benefit as well. Free every year you get off your sentence, I get a year added onto my lifespan.
4: <laughs>
1: Who is Buffalo Bill? His first name is Lewis. I'll tell you the rest of the senators herself. And I have a few conditions of my own. One, I want a cellmate. Two, I want a big walk. <laughs> and three, I want to, I don't,
2: I don't want to be in prison anymore. (laughs) We cut to Memphis International Airport. Senator Martin is meeting with Lecter in a cool airport hangar. Lecter is wheeled out in a kid's red pull wagon. He's wearing his iconic cannibal face mask made famous by (laughs) Bane. It's got tiny bars over the mouthpiece, which stops him eating people. Unless he juices them or makes them into some sort of
4: hummus. (laughs) Senator
5: Martin, Dr.
2: Hannibal Lecter.
7: Dr. Lecter, I brought an affidavit guaranteeing your new rights. You'll want to read it before I sign because it's very important for your future.
1: I won't waste your time or Catherine's time begging for petty privileges. Clarice Starling and that awful Jack Crawford have wasted your time. Ugh, oh, he's just awful, just the worst. <laughs> I only pray they haven't doomed the poor girl. Let me, let me help you now and I trust you will do the same when it's all over.
7: You have my word.
1: Buffalo Bill's real name is Lewis Friend. I met him just once. He was referred to me in April or May of 1980 by my patient, Benjamin Raspail. That's definitely a real person's name and not an anagram for Ben's Jam and Asriel. <laughs> they were lovers, you see, but Benjamin, but Raspail had become very frightened. Apparently Lewis had murdered a transient and done things with the skin, which to Benjamin really set off alarm bells for their relationship.
4: <laughs>
7: address and a physical description and also if you know what time he gets home from work because we don't want to go there and then you know he's not home it's awkward.
1: Tommy Senator did you nurse Catherine yourself? What? Did you breastfeed her?
7: It's weird question. <laughs> yes I, I
4: did.
1: Toughened your nipples didn't it? Hannibal you're embarrassing in front of the sensei <laughs> You take a man's leg and he can still feel it tickling. Sew it back on the wrong way around and your walking walk in
4: circles.
1: <laughs> sure, it's funny, but at what cost?
4: <laughs> Tell me,
1: Mom, when your little girl is on the slab, where will it tickle you?
7: Take this thing back to Baltimore. Well, that just isn't the rudest serial
1: killer I've ever met. Five foot 10, strongly built, about 180 pounds, hair blonde, eyes pale blue. He's about 35 now. He's a Sagittarius and hates Wednesdays. He says it's one of those days when even my coffee needs a coffee. (laughs) He said he lived in Philadelphia, but may have lied. So just check off all, all of Philadelphia anyway, just in case. That's all I can remember, mom. But if I can think of any more, I'll tell you. And Senator, just one more thing. Love the suit. The jacket says Big Merger, but the heels scream Cocktail Hour at Greco's on the corner.
2: Later, Dr. Chilton is talking to the press outside the Shelby County Courthouse. Look, long story short, he's been an asshole. <coughs> I can
5: tell you Dr. Lecter agreed to assist in the investigation. TV's Tim, Tim Langhorn here. How do you fit in, sir? And who are you? What's going on? <laughs> Well, it's, it's only through my unique insight into Lecter's mind that made this breakthrough possible. I guessed which number he was thinking of 1 to 10, and he has to tell me everything. <laughs> and Buffalo Bill's real name? Buffalo Bill's name is now a matter of record with the proper authorities. My name is Dr. Frederick Chilton, which is a different name to the killer's name.
4: <laughs>
5: How do you spell that? Uh, a D-R, little dot,
2: space bar.
4: <laughs> Meanwhile,
2: Clarice rides the elevator to Hannibal's cell. She's with Officer Murray, a young, bright-eyed rookie cop.
6: Is it true what they're saying? That he's some kind of vampire? That he can turn to stone? That he can roll himself up into a ball and fire himself out of a cannon?
3: (laughs) No, you're thinking of Hannonball the Cannonball.
6: (laughs) Well, I heard he marched across the Alps with a bunch of elephants. No. That's a different Hannibal. How many of these guys are there?
2: They enter the big grand room that's holding Lecter's cage. It's like an old courtroom you could imagine Atticus Finch walking around in, or Tom Cruise in A Few Good Men, or the bird in the Pelican Brief. You, uh, you do know the rules, ma'am?
3: Yes, Lieutenant Boyle. I've questioned him before. Number one, no, something, and, and so on.
1: Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Good evening, Clarice
3: thought Hello. you might...
1: Hi. <laughs> Good to see you. Okie dokie.
3: Yeah. You look same. <clears throat> <clears throat> I-, I-, I thought you might like your drawings back, Doctor. Just until you get your view.
1: How very thoughtful. But I've moved on. I only paint Sonic fan art now. <laughs> I love when he gets into a little ball and goes fast. It- <laughs> It just fascinates me. Sometimes I paint knuckles too, yes, but alas, never
4: tails. (laughs) Pity about poor
1: Catherine though. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Sorry, I don't have a clock, I have to keep track of
4: that.
3: Your anagrams are showing, Doctor. Lewis Friend, iron sulfide, also known as fool's gold. Or an an anagram for send for Uli, with the I left over.
1: Oh Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. Make up your own anagram. Start simple with, like, deadly (laughs) smickhead. Wait for it. boy, I'm good. <laughs> I've read the case file, have you? Everything you need to know about him or find is in those pages.
3: Then tell me how.
1: First principle, Clarice, simplicity. Read Marcus Aurelius, or start simple with The Babysitter's Club or Noddy. <laughs> of each particular thing, ask what is in it of itself? What is its nature? What does he do, this man you seek? He kills women. Oh, well then they go, you got him. No!
4: <laughs> Wait.
1: That is incidental. What needs does he serve by killing? He covets. That is his nature. And how do we begin to covet, Clarice? Do we seek out the things we covet? Make an effort to answer now. Don't just sit there and look blank. I'm doing a lot of work here, Clarice.
3: No, we we just- No,
1: sorry, I I, I know you have the answer, but I'm just gonna cut you off there. (laughs) We begin by coveting what we see every day. Don't you feel eyes moving over your body, Clarice? And don't your eyes seek out the things that you want?
3: I mean, when I'm hungry, I wink at the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I I, I get it. Now, please tell me how to... No,
1: it is your turn to tell me, Clarice. You don't have any more vacations to sell. Why did you leave that ranch?
3: Doctor, we don't have any more time for this. We gotta stop. Bluffalo, blah. (laughs) After
1: your father's murder, you were orphaned. You were ten years old. You went to live with the cousins on a sheep and horse ranch in Montana, then?
3: And one morning I just ran away.
1: Not just, Clarice. What set you off? You started at what time?
3: Early. Still dark. A.K.A. night.
1: (laughs) Then something woke you, didn't it? Was it a dream? What was it?
3: I heard a strange noise.
1: Oh, I'm scared. No, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) What was it?
3: It was screaming. Some kind of screaming like a child's voice. What did you do? I went downstairs outside. I crept up into the barn. I was scared to look inside, but I had to.
1: What did you see, Clarice? What did you see?
3: Lambs. They were screaming.
1: They were slaughtering these spring lambs.
3: And they were screaming.
1: And what did they sound like?
3: <laughs> kind of like, no! Nah!
1: Like, like a kind of like a, yeah.
3: a kind of but like yeah.
1: You still wake up sometimes, don't you? Wake up at night in the dark and hear the screaming of the lambs. Yes. You give nothing more than to make that noise stop, wouldn't you, Clarice?
3: I want for nothing more than to hear the opposite of those lambs (laughs) screaming. The antithesis to the screaming of the lambs.
1: And you think, and you think if you save Paul Catherine, you can make them stop, don't you? You think if Catherine lives, you won't wake up in the dark ever again to that awful noise made by lambs.
3: (laughs) Okay, let's go. Let's wrap up all this chitty chat.
1: Oh, Chittin'. (laughs) I was going to say the same thing
3: but (laughs) didn't feel like me when I said it (laughs) it's your turn doctor tell me his name who is Buffalo Bill's name
2: Clarice is manhandled away from Lecter's cell
1: brave Clarice You will let me know when those lambs stop screaming, won't you?
3: Tell me his name, Doctor. Is it Jeffrey? It's Jeffrey, isn't it?
1: Clarice, don't forget your case file.
2: Goodbye, Clarice. Clarice rushes back and grabs her case file from Lecter. Their fingers briefly touch like that painting of God and (laughs) E.T. Later, Hannibal is relaxing listening to fancy classical music like that helicopter song in Apocalypse Now (laughs) or the theme tune from Stargate (laughs) SG-1. Lecter's guard, Sergeant Pembry and Lieutenant Boyle bring Lecter his dinner.
5: Look at this weirdo's
2: dinner request. Open face sandwich,
5: kneecap salad, martini with eyeballs instead of olives,
4: fish fingers. <laughs>
2: but he's a, he's a prisoner. He doesn't get to choose his food. He gets prison food.
4: <laughs> they
2: handcuff Dr. Lecter to the jail bars, but he begins fiddling with his handcuffs using Dr. Chilton's pen. Aha! The penny drops. Freed, he grabs the unsuspecting Pembry and cuffs him.
4: Whoa,
5: whoa, watch it, he's cuffed
2: me. I didn't think I'd be into this sort of thing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ready when you are, Sergeant Pembry. Hannibal sprays Sergeant Pembry with his, own, uh, with his own cannibal repellent. Unfortunately for him, it works on regular people as well. Drawn by the screams, Officer Murray bursts into the room and sees Lieutenant Boyle hanging disemboweled from Lecter's cage. Sergeant Pembry is on the ground, all cut up. His face looks like the remains of the day.
1: <laughs> what
6: the hell? That's not what Sergeant Pembry usually looks like. Pembry, can you hear me?
1: Yes, all fine. Uh, How are you? I'm Pembry.
6: Just keep breathing in and out. That's it. You're doing a good job. You look real good.
1: I don't look like Hannibal, do I? Oh,
6: no, no. Of course not. Oh, no. Oh, my
2: God, guys.
6: It's awful. He really looks like Hannibal.
2: (laughs) Officer Murray takes a convulsing Pembry into the lift and out to an ambulance, which speeds off towards the hospital.
6: We're in bind with a 50-year-old male police officer with severe facial lacerations. Actually, I'm, I'm
1: feeling a lot better. You can let me out anywhere here on the left, honestly. <laughs> Just walk it off.
6: His face is cut up in a big circle all around his features, and it's twice as thick as a regular
2: face. Wait a minute! (laughs) Officer Pembry pulls off his face, but instead of revealing a skeleton, it's Hannibal Lecter's face. Hello, Clarice. (laughs) 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 Lecter kills everybody and drives the ambulance straight to the airport. Later in the police academy student dorms, Clarice and Ardelia search through Lecter's notes.
7: He found the ambulance in a parking garage at the airport. Crew was dead. He killed a tourist, too. Got his clothes, cash, face, probably. But now
3: he could be anywhere. Or anyone. He won't come after me. I can't explain it. He wouldn't consider that as polite. He would consider it as rude. It's over. She's dead. It's not your fault it worked out like this. The thing is that Lecter said everything we need to catch him is in these pages and I can't find it. God, all, all, all the things he said and, and all the things he said running through my head, running through my head. <laughs> Look, Ardelia, this is not enough. <laughs> Damn, it's like that bloody guy talks in Rubik's cubes as if his voice was if... I know I'm with you, I'm uh, good. <laughs>
7: Lecter said a lot of things, you know. I mean, probably. I, I don't know. I never met him or, or saw him. I'm just
3: taking your word for it here. What, what about this, this one girl, the, the one he weighed down? Frederica Bimmel? First girl taken, third body found. Why? She didn't drift. He weighed her down. I, I just said. Wait. Lecter said something about the first principles. What, what does this guy do? He covets. Now we have to ask ourselves, what does to covet even mean? <laughs>
7: Uh, c- c- covet means to want to possess something.
3: Well, yeah, obviously. I just, I just wanted to see what you thought it meant. <laughs> but how do we first start to covet? Humans, I mean. W- what's the one thing we all dependably do every time we covet? The thing that's absolutely certain no matter the scenario. We covet what we see. Every day! <laughs> of course, the universal law of coveting! Coveting! <laughs> Hot damn, Clarice, you've done it again! (laughs) He knew her. Oh my god, he knew the first victim.
2: Clarice hops in the FBI's rocket car and has a rummage around Frederica Bimmel's house. She finds a half-made dress that has the same diamonds cut from its fabric. fabric Eight. Is that a mistake, guys, or...? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah
4: from its
2: fabric that the victims had cut from their skin she calls crawford to get course credit
3: he's he's making a woman's suit a woman's suit no a woman's suit women not those fake photoshop phonies you see on the covers of so called magazines He can sew this guy he's very skilled he's a tailor or a dressmaker That's why they're so big He has to keep them alive so he can starve them so so that he can loosen their skin
0: Starling that is just gross We know who he is and we know where he is Run away right now be on the ground in 45 minutes They let me use the big plane That's great news sir but but how suspect's is it? name is James Gum AKA John Grant. Lecter's description was accurate. Customs stopped a carton two years ago at LAX. Live caterpillars from Tsunami. The address was a Jane Gum. That's right, James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. We really should have known.
3: Chicago's only 400 miles from here. I'll, I'll be there in one hour and 33 minutes. Oh, wait, I want to avoid tolls. I'll be there in six hours.
0: No, Starling, that's not enough time. We want him for murder, not kidnapping. You think i get in the big FBI? Plane for a kidnapping, Starling. That's worth the FBI train at the best. I need you to link him to the Bimmel girl. See what you can dredge up in Belvedere.
3: Yes, sir. You bet. I'll do my best.
0: Starling, we, we wouldn't have found him without you. Nobody's going to forget that. Least of all me. But we definitely wouldn't have found him without Hannibal Lecter. That guy deserves a medal. I'll get him released for this. Wipe his slate clean. Ah, uh, sir. <laughs> Sorry, Clarice. I got go to go onto the other line. Release Hannibal Lecter. <laughs>
2: Clarice finds the Bimmel girl's best friend, Stacy. She's a real backstory chatterbox.
3: Stacy. <laughs> Stacey, did Frederica ever mention a man named Jamie Gumb or Jame Gumb or Jumbo Gumbo?
7: <laughs> nope. Did you two ever work together? Yeah, sure. Uh, I used to help her do alterations for uh, old Mrs. Lipman. She's a sweet old lady, pillar of the community. Haven't seen her in months. (laughs)
3: Can you give me Mrs. Lipman's address? I need to talk to her.
7: Yeah, anything to help the plot along.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in Bill's house, Bill is dancing around, having a great time.
4: He tucks his
2: penis uh, and his testicles behind his legs in order to to feel more at ease at his body and to facilitate being read by others as female. Fair play to him, no judgment. However, he then puts a woman's scalp on his head. That we can
8: judge. That's a real no-no. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. There's no one else here. You must be wanting to fuck me. I'd fuck me hard. I'd fuck me so hard.
2: Bill is interrupted by the sound of a screaming dog. Bork, bork, my leg. Precious, precious. Catherine has pulled the dog into the well using her fishing skills. I'm a good
8: boy. (laughs) Poodly poo. Precious. Darling heart, are you all right?
7: She's in a lot of pain, mister. She needs a vet, she broke her leg on the way down, I know it.
8: Don't you hurt my dog, he's my best friend. Bork,
6: bork, yeah, I'm a good boy.
8: You don't know what pain is. I haven't cut triangles out of you yet.
4: <laughs>
8: outside, Crawford and Swats
2: around the house. Okay, we're going in. They ring the doorbell. Okay, I'm coming. Bill answers the door, but standing outside is.
3: Good afternoon. Sorry to bother you, I'm looking for Mrs. Littman's family.
2: Amazing, the film lied to us using <laughs> editing and other dark arts. <laughs> the filmmakers tricked us into thinking we were somewhere else. Now, back at the wrong house... FBI,
0: everybody down!
2: They trundle into an empty house and are left standing there looking like fools.
0: <laughs> Clarice is in trouble. Somehow, for some reason, I, I know I have that power. The power that... <laughs> The power that the kid in The Shining has. The kid... The the Shining. (laughs) Child telepathy.
3: Back at Bill's.
8: (laughs) Uh, No, the the Lutons don't live here anymore.
3: Well, Excuse me, I I really need to speak with you. I'm investigating the death of Frederica Bimmel. Your name is?
2: He looks around the room and sees an invoice for some livestock. (laughs) Uh, uh, Bill.
8: (laughs) Buffalo Bill. (laughs) No way. I, I mean, I mean, a regular name, <laughs> Jack Gordon.
3: Mr. Gordon, good. Well, Frederica used to work for Mrs. Lippman. Did you know her?
8: No. Uh. Oh. Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person?
3: I believe the proper term is Big Mac Mama, sir. <laughs>
4: Yeah,
8: uh, I I may have. No, I I read about her in the newspaper. Mrs. Lippman had a son, Maybe, maybe he could help you. I got his card here someplace. Come in while I look for it. Sit down, may I take your skin coat? Skin coat? Cup of tea?
2: Clarice enters and notices that Bill is giving off an extremely suspicious performance, and that his kitchen is full of moths, the evil butterfly.
8: She reaches for her revolver. Are you close to catching somebody, you think?
3: Maybe closer than you think.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Say,
8: has the FBI learned something? The police around here don't seem to have the first clue. They haven't asked me any questions at all.
3: (laughs) Freeze! Put your hands over your head and turn around. Spread your legs, put your hands behind your back.
2: Bill sort of vogues his way out of the room. (laughs) Clarice hesitates for a moment because it was stunning. (laughs) Bill slips away into the depths depths of his small home. Clarice slowly enters the basement and finds the Catherine in the well.
7: Catherine Martin! Oh yes, thank God.
3: Throw a penny in and wish me the hell out of
4: here.
3: (laughs) FBI, I'm sorry I said Catherine. Catherine, you're safe. Thanks. My God, what a deviant! He put a well in a house. This is all wrong. He has his own water supply. He should have to pay for water like everyone else. Can you get me out of here? You're all right, Catherine. Where is he? Tell me what you've seen from your vantage point at the bottom of the well. (laughs) You're my eye in the well, Catherine. Can you uh, you get me out of here? You got to be quiet. Shut that dog up.
6: <laughs> bork, Bork, I'm still here.
7: really wish I killed that dog.
3: Just get me out of here, all right? Before this whale well starts filling up with more dogs. <laughs> I'm gonna, but not right now. You just gotta sit tight, old friend. I'm gonna take a stroll.
2: The lights go out. Clarice stumbles around in the dark as Bill watches her through night vision goggles. He gets real close to her, but she can't see and he keeps tickling her. Giving her the middle finger and moving... moving stuff around. remembers that light comes out of her gun when she shoots it so she begins shooting killing Buffalo Bill and shooting the lights back on. (laughs) In his review celebrated film critic Gene Siskel said he didn't really get what was going on in this scene and that people should really go check out Kevin Costner in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves.
8: Plus, I, w- I would have gone away with it, too, if it wasn't for the pesky $8.7 billion state-funded domestic intelligence agency.
2: <laughs> the FBI all arrive in one car. Crawford puts his arm around her, but not in a weird way in an appropriate way. A <laughs> reporter approaches. TV's Tim Langhorn here.
6: Agent Starling, just how did you track down Buffalo Bill? It's very unclear. <laughs>
3: Let's just say I used my police intuition and a little help from a criminal mastermind named Hannibal Lecter, who just happened to know the guy and pretty much told me exactly how to find him, just in sort of a roundabout way. And a, End of interview, I did it, case closed.
2: Later at FBI school, it's graduation day. Clarice and her pals are now super special agents. I guess they almost have tracked down their own respective serial killers in order to earn their badge. It's like the end of Star Wars where they all get medals but they are no longer Wookiee cops.
0: <laughs> Starling, look, I, I just wanted to say congratulations. I'm, uh, I'm not much good at this kind of thing, so uh, I'm just going to duck out of here. I'll, I'll go stand in the hall. Oh, you've, uh, you've got a phone call.
3: Okay, sure. Thank you, Mr. Crawford.
0: They shake hands, but
2: it's the handshake version of a hug that goes on
0: for too long. <laughs> And hey, look, I, 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 uh, I just want to ask you, I mean, uh, what I mean to say is I, I really enjoy our friendship, and I, I think you're something special, and, uh, well, I, I hope this isn't appropriate, but, um... Oh, no. No, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, of course. I mean, what, what was I thinking? I mean, nothing, actually. I wasn't, wasn't thinking anything. Anyway, um, don't forget your phone call, yeah?
3: Special. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Clarice answers the phone.
3: Special Agent Starling here. (laughs) Ketcherer of Buffalo Bill.
1: Well, Clarice, have the lamb
2: stopped screaming?
3: Ah! (laughs) Dr. Lecter.
2: Hannibal is in some sort of tropical summer paradise wearing a funky Hawaiian shirt and Panama hat. He's sitting in Costa Coffee Rico.
4: A street boy offers
2: him some exotic fruit, and a goat walks by, and there's a monkey dressed as a bellhop.
3: Don't bother with a trace. I won't be on long enough. Clarice, should I trace the call? No, don't bother. You said he won't be on long enough. (laughs) Where are you, Dr. Lecter? You're going to have to turn down the Buena Vista Social Club you're listening to.
1: I have no plans to call on you, Clarice. The world's more interesting with you in it,
2: so... You take care now to extend me the
1: same courtesy. Uh, that sounds fair. <laughs> no, no,
2: no. Lecter watches Dr. Chilton and his body cards from the distance. You, uh, you got the security system all set up? Don't worry, Dr. Chilton, i have the best guys on it. Each
6: one trained to stop a man coming at you with his mouth.
4: <laughs>
6: uh, thank you.
1: Well, I do wish we could uh, chat for longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner.
3: Dr. Lecter, what does that mean? Is that an anagram, (laughs) Dr. Lecter? Dr. Lecter, Dr. Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal? Ham? Honey?
1: Hello, Clarice. I mean, uh, goodbye.
4: Goodbye, Clarice.
1: (laughs) The end.
0: Hello friends, this is Stephen from Dream Gun, and we have shows on sale in Dublin and London right now. We are home in Dublin this June the 15th to the 17th with updated film reads of The Matrix, Jurassic Park, and Titanic at Smock Alley Theatre. Featuring the award-winning ensemble of Tony Cantwell, Ronan Carey, Stephen Culver, that's me, Finbar Doyle, Hannah Mamelis, Aaron McGathy, and Edwin Salmon. Uh, the show at Smock Alley Theatre, and tickets are on sale right now. Head to dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Meanwhile in London we are now performing every month at 21 Soho with a different film read every month and different guests joining us on the stage. This month's London film is Batman Begins but if you're in the future it's probably a different film and you can find out which one at dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets.